this morning. It's great to have you here, especially those who are watching in Victoria, those who may be listening via podcast, wherever you are during the week, or are live on demand. You can simply go to our website and... uh, Uh, Click on the appropriate button there and you'll be able to watch our services in full these days live on demand. Part two, we are in this series called Better Together, Seven Vital Ways to Connect. And last week we talked about connect groups, that's right, we talked about connect groups. And uh, we said just a bit of a recap, if I could, just for a moment, we talked about um, that we are a family, that we're not a building and uh, there are interesting dynamics in families, aren't there? Especially around Christmas time when you're sitting around the table and that. And so we experience those times around here as well. If you're expecting to come to a perfect church, this is not a perfect church. The moment you and I stepped into it made it not perfect. And so uh, we are a family. We're not a building. And uh, we do life together. And uh, we play our part. We talked about the importance of stepping up and into uh, the gifts that God has blessed us with. I'll talk a bit more about that next Sunday. But at our, at our core, we talked about, we said that uh, we're not about sitting in rows. Uh, even though we really love to come and join together for Sunday, what a beautiful time we've had in worship already this morning. Do you agree? What a beautiful time it has been. But we're about getting in circles, not necessarily in rows. There are certain things that happen in circles that will never happen in rows from shoulder to shoulder. So we, we certainly suggest that there's an opportunity at the end of this morning's service to see Julie at the table again in regards to our connect groups. And so they're the cells, the healthy life of our church connecting during the week. That could be an Alpha course, that could be a Life Solutions course, which Search for Life starts this week, by the way. We also said that just like the early church, that we have this sense as, as people to drift. We talked about drift, and the early church certainly drifted, and we have this sense of drifting in the wrong direction in life. We generally tend to drift in the wrong direction, and that's where we t- talked about you know, the uh, New Year's resolutions of uh, how's our eating going you know, since the, the, the new year has started, how's our exercise plan going. So, uh, we, tend to, we tend to drift, and because of that, we've said that the importance of doing life together, being, we are better together. And so we're talking about seven vital ways to connect. And that was last week in terms of connect groups. And this week, we're talking about water baptism, hence that clip we've just uh, viewed just now. And so I recognize with this topic certainly comes maybe some confusion about what water baptism is. There's a lot of questions that come with that. And uh, I guess, you know, to kind of start off by saying is that uh, there are different backgrounds represented here at Door of Hope. There are a number of more and more nationalities represented here at Door of Hope, which is a wonderful thing, isn't it? There are many denominations, uh, movements kind of represented across uh, the Door of Hope family. And there's also non-church backgrounds represented here at Door of Hope, and it's great to have you here participating with us here today or via online. And so because of this, I feel compelled as a part of this particular series to bring some biblical teaching on this, uh, this act of water baptism. Before I do, before we really get into it this morning, I guess I want to just kind of start out by saying this, that we have a vision here. We generally do it every four or five years. It's called 2020 Vision. And we decided that we're going to aim at three things, a small amount of things that we're going to do in a big way. 
And we said, there was only May last year, so we're not even 12 months into this, that we're going to grow Him in our city, H-I-M. We're going to grow Him in our city. H stands for growing hope. That's right, very good. I stands for growing invitations, very good. And M stands for growing mercy, growing hope, growing invitations, and growing mercy. And as a part of growing, inv- uh, uh, growing hope, we are believing for 1,000 stories of hope and of transformation. And here is how we measure this particular goal. We are believing by the year 2020 that we will see 1,000 people attending church each and every week. That each of those 1,000 sto- people will have a story of hope and transformation. And also, as a part of the way we measure that particular goal, the first goal of growing hope, is that we will have 250 baptisms by 2020. You can figure out how many per year that is up until the year 2020. So that's a part of our 2020 plan, our vision, 2020. So let's get into this teaching at the moment in regards to baptism. The first thing I want to say about water baptism is this. Water baptism wasn't ever taken lightly by the early church. It wasn't ever taken lightly by the early church. It was a very, very serious thing. In fact, it was a very public act. And I'd like to talk about this thing being public a little bit later on. But people did this, this act of baptism in the early church, understanding that there were certainly risks that were going to be involved with what they were about to participate in. In fact, it was entirely possible that they would be asked not to come back to the synagogue anymore. It was entirely possible that they would lose their jobs. In fact, in some situations, that they would be imprisoned because of this act of baptism in some cases. It was entirely possible that they could possibly, well, lose their lives. So this deal to the early church, it was a big deal. It was a serious matter, and it wasn't taken lightly by the people of the day. Now, often in the 21st century, we certainly take for granted what others have paid the ultimate price to be able to participate in. Water baptism reminds us of the age-old problem that we all have in common. The problem that we have with sin and that God is willing to step in and to help us with this sin issue. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Rome in chapter 3, verses 23, Romans, he said, For all, how many? All, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we have this issue of sin, which is a common problem to each and every one of us. For all, the Bible says, for all have sinned. And so God steps in and He is the one who brings about that hope. And He is the one, we sang that song before, this is our God. And that's why we stand strong. That's why we stand with boldness and with courage that this is our God. Because He is the one, is He not? Who brings about that hope. Who brings about that transformation. He is the one. And every time we stop, just like we did a moment ago, and we share that communion together as a family, we are celebrating That God did something to help you and I with this sin condition in our lives. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 28 verses 19, some of the final words that Jesus spoke 
to his disciples and he said to therefore go, therefore go, two-thirds of God's name is go, therefore go and make disciples of what? There's that word again, all nations, all nations. And you may be participating online from a different nation to ours here. It's great to have you here with us this morning participating. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this church, because of what Jesus has charged us with, we as a church are therefore charged with making disciples and baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this deal of sin, which I'm going to talk a bit about this morning, it's a serious problem that has to be dealt with. I'm going to continue to talk about that as we go along. If I can just be honest, I'm going to do that just a little bit here this morning because my concern in regards to this act of baptism is that it can become a little trivialized in our lives. Maybe out of tradition or maybe out of habit or whatever it might be. I want to stress to us once again here this morning is that God intended water baptism to be something very special in each of our lives because when someone is baptized, there is a few statements that are being made and it's a big deal. The first statement I believe that is being made is that water baptism is a statement of faith. It's a statement of faith. Well, what do you mean by that, Steve? What I mean by that is this that I once had an old life, and that old life is now behind me. I am a new person, am I, and I am now living a new way of life. It is no longer my life. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And because of that, every, 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 um, everything that I do in life is lived through His eyes and for His glory. 2 Corinthians 5.17 puts it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. And water baptism, water baptism is a sign of that very picture. It's a sign of, this is a bit of an older word, but it's still used today, believe it or not. It's a sign of repentance. What's repentance? Repentance is that different direction. I was going this way in life, and this was my way in life, and all of a sudden, God's come along. He's filled me with the hope that I've accepted Jesus with, and the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm no longer going my way. I am now going this way. It's a 180-degree turn in a God direction rather than a me direction. It's that turnaround. It's that commitment to personal change. And so baptism doesn't save you. It shows you that you are saved. And as it shows you that you are saved, it's also a way of giving testimony, sharing your story. You know, we've been talking about this series, Better Together. And I know as I look across this auditorium here this morning that I can see many people could testify here this morning that we truly are better together. And many of you have a story and a story to tell. And it's an opportunity through the waters of baptism that we can share our story to make something, make the public statement about something that has happened, happened inwardly. 
what, making what is deeply per personal extremely public. I'll talk about that just in a moment because water baptism, I believe, and think about this just for a moment. I had to think about this as well as I thought about this. And it's this, the water baptism is much more for your benefit than it is for God's. Now, what I mean by that is this. It helps you grasp the reality of the spiritual truth that the old you, the old way that you were once going, has now died. So I think water baptism is much more for your benefit than it is for God's. What I, what I really love about baptism is that it has a specific date. If you've been baptized, you certainly know, I certainly know that, that specific date, that specific time, that decision that you have made that for the rest of your life, you can point back to that date and say, on that day, something significant took place in my life. And that's how we handle special dates, isn't it? We point back to those dates where those major changes occurred in our lives. Maybe a, a certain milestone within your own life. For example, on January 10, every year, Karen and I stop and we celebrate our wedding anniversary. Because our lives, especially hers, <laughs> radically changed on that day. Just over 19 years ago. For the better, of course, for the better. Come on. <laughs> And so we celebrate, what do we celebrate in our wedding anniversary? We celebrate that she got to marry the most hunkiest guy around. <laughs> and the most beautiful girl, of course, around as well. So that's, that's, that's you know, part of our year that we stop and we celebrate that particular day. Another part of our year that we stop and celebrate, and our children aren't here this morning, they come to tonight's service, and... Um, our children, as they were born, as they, that we stop and celebrate their birthday, and our lives were radically changed. Parents, you'd understand what I'm talking about. We stop and celebrate our children's lives, and we give thanks, but on that day, our lives were radically changed. Empty nesters in the room. That day, the children walked out the door. Your lives radically changed, and I guarantee you that our lives were radically changed, and we will celebrate that day as well. <laughs> and I know we'll make the most of every day because the days go very quickly. I do understand that as well. So these, these days that come in our lives that we stop and celebrate, by the way, happy birthday, Natalie, and happy birthday, Phil, today as well. And uh, what a great practice it is to have a significant date and then celebrate that day where great change comes to our lives because sometimes we have what we call the spiritual enemy who comes in our lives and reminds us of certain things in our past. And we all have a past, don't we? Some of those things we're just not pleased about and happy with. We've all got stuff in the past, if we're honest. And, and sometimes the enemy kind of creeps up and whispers in your ear, you remember that. I encourage you, that water baptism is all about that as well. To remind our spiritual enemy that we have a date where we said, I am no longer like that. I have died to the old, and I'm a new creation. You know, there are many examples throughout Scripture, many examples of water baptism, and uh, significant enough, Jesus himself, as we've just witnessed on that particular clip here this morning, Jesus himself um, was baptized. And it's interesting to think, because John the Baptist uh, was baptizing, uh, it was a baptism of repentance, but why would the Son of God, who was perfect, who had no sin, 
Why would Jesus, was Jesus baptized? I'm going to give you three little answers to this particular question. And just very quickly, firstly, if he allowed John the Baptist to baptize him, what he was doing was this. He was identifying with or affirming, first of all, the message of John the Baptist. Let's go to the passage in Matthew chapter 3 and have a read. It says this, Matthew 3, 13 to 15. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to what? To fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. He was identifying with the message of John the Baptist. Secondly, it was to fulfill all righteousness, as we've just found out there. To fulfill all that was right. To fulfill all that was good. To fulfill all that was from God. See, Jesus knew that this was very much a part of God's plan for his life. And that was soon told on by when he was baptized and the heavens opened up and his father declared that this is my son for whom I am well and truly pleased with. That he, Jesus, was going to help fulfill it perfectly. And it was necessary for him to be baptized by John. Thirdly, why Jesus was baptized was to set an example of obedience for those of his followers. You see, through this act, he identifies himself with sinners. And Jesus, you read through the Gospels, you see where Jesus hung out, you see who he hung out with, and he wasn't afraid to be with these people. Uh, the religious people certainly had an issue with who Jesus was hanging out with, and they certainly pointed it out to him. But he set the example for his followers that he identified himself with sinners, and he was setting that example so that sinful people would understand the significance of water baptism. I have a question for you this morning. I want us to think about this. I asked this question last week. I'm going to put it on the screen for you now to have a think about. Why do we feel like we don't need this when Jesus clearly did? Acts chapter 22, verses 16 in the message is, encourages us in this. It says this, so, what are you waiting for? Love that question. What are you waiting for? Come on, what are you waiting for? Get up, get yourself baptized, scrub clean of those sins and personally acquainted with God. You see, the idea of baptism is a lot stronger than just a teaching point, by the way. It's in fact a command, not an option. And so not only did Jesus model this, in fact, he commanded this. It's an act that God requires of every believer. Jesus' last recorded words on earth, Mark chapter 16, verse 16, he says, whoever believes and is, what? Baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be saved condemned and so significant so significant is this act of baptism is that we see them in the words of Jesus at the end of his life 
another interesting thing is you observe, as I've been doing this study this last week or so, as I've observed about this act of baptism, Scripture certainly shows us that water baptism happens immediately after a person's conversion. You see, they didn't see it something to be delayed. And uh, Blaine mentioned there before the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. It's the story of the church. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. It's the acts of the apostles. It's the growth of the church. It's the transformation of the world as we once knew it. To bring about hope. To bring about truth. To bring about life. And the church was changing. The world was changing as we knew it. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 41, it says this. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do one of those two things, maybe both of those things. This same message has been told and in, you've been invited, people have been invited into for many years, many generations. And I'm going to do it again for people who are here and for people who are participating online this morning, maybe even in your own lounge room this morning. You have that sense to what well, Peter has invited people to do, to repent and be baptized. The story goes on. Let me read on. It says this. Every one of you, he says, to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your, there's that word again, forgiveness of your sins. It's an issue. It has to be dealt with. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added unto their number that day. Repent and were baptized. Repent and were baptized. You read through Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, chapter 16, chapter 18, chapter 22, there are stories, incredible stories of conversion and being baptized. And there was always this sense of, there's a sense of urgency about this because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And so these people all responded to Jesus in simple faith. However, they didn't see their faith as complete until they obeyed God in water baptism. Hang there just for a moment. I'm going to press this just a little further if I could here this morning. And I want to say this. I feel compelled to say this to us this morning. That it's a very dangerous practice in life to make something that is something optional that God has made as a directive. You see, when God gives a directive in His Word, God expects our obedience in that issue. And somehow to sit back and say, well, this is just, it's just optional by our excuses because of what we feel, what we think, our comfort levels, our background, our upbringing. Somehow we have made God's directives optional. I'll come back up. Thanks for listening. Jesus' baptism was very public. This is where I want to address the thing of being public. We have a, a baptistry over here. It's just underneath the stage. We lift it up here, and we've had many people over many years being baptized over here, which, by the way, we've got a baptism service, by the way, next Sunday. How about that? How about that? Yeah. And um, it, what was very personal uh, was never held back. 
you know, by the early church. In fact, you, you look at Luke chapter 5, Jesus calls Peter uh, to be a disciple. It was very, very public. When Matthew was called in Matthew chapter 9 at the city gate, it was a very public thing. Every follower of Jesus who was called, it was a very public thing. And something, there's something so powerful and necessary about publicly announcing your commitment to Jesus through water baptism. Yet somehow, somehow, we've adopted the idea that Christianity can kind of be lived in the shadows, which certainly doesn't line up with the New Testament model of Christianity. You see, what Jesus wants us to do right after we give our lives to Him, after we stand up, after we boldly profess in a public setting that Jesus is my Lord and I'm going to live for Him regardless of what anyone else thinks, regardless of what the world says, regardless of all the awkwardness and all that kind of stuff. And that's why we celebrate. If you've ever been part of our baptisms here, that's why we celebrate. That's why we cheer. That's why we clap. Because you've gone from the old, you've gone to the new, you've turned a 180 gone from that direction in a brand new direction hope and transformation is occurring daily and it will always be that daily thing but I want to say this this morning as I finish up and say this that there is something bold about being a Christian there is something bold about going public Paul wrote to the church in Philippi and he said this do everything readily and cheerfully no bickering no second guessing allowed. Go into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Of good living and of the living God. Carry the light giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be the living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. And of course, if you know the story of Paul, you certainly know what he went through in life to keep that gospel message, the good news going forth. And it's your and my responsibility, many of our responsibilities here today. And I want to say this again, that the first step to baptism is what? You remember the words from Peter? Is to repent and then be baptized. So Christians, pray now. Because right now, we're going to experience that in this room together. We're going to do it in a public kind of way. We're going to be out there this morning. Come on. We're going to repent and we're going to be baptized. Now, let me just be clear. The baptism thing, we don't have the, the water and all that kind of stuff today. But maybe next week, maybe not, by the way. But maybe in coming days, maybe in coming weeks. And so right now, I'm inviting us to repent and to be baptized. That's my message here this morning. I am done. As we come into this time, we're about to sing our final song. Next Sunday, we have our Baptism Sunday in the foyer today as you go and get your coffee and have a chat. This could be one of the most significant decisions you will ever make in your one and only life. And so I'm inviting you to go and see the team who are at the table and they've got the, the, the water baptism documents and things like that. And generally, we do a class to make sure that uh, you understand what baptism is. But today has been that class. You may need to listen to the message again. You're more than welcome to sit with one of our pastors, our ministers, one of our elders, whoever you would like to sit with to explain what this, this journey is of baptism. But you've just participated in a water baptism class this morning. And so with all that said and done, 
I'd like to pray with you. I'd like to pray for you. I'd love to pray for those participating online this morning. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. And I'm not out to embarrass anyone. Can I also say this just before we leave? Is that you're not responding to me this morning. In fact, you're not responding to Door of Hope this morning. You're responding to a living God who loved you so much that he said as a part of himself to earth through the living Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to rescue you, came with a rescue plan once and for all. Will you have it all figured out by the end of this morning? No, I don't. I don't think anyone does in this room. But we travel better together in community here at Door of Hope. And we do life together. And so that's why we're here. We take one step at a time. And maybe this is the first or the second or the third step for you. There are plenty of steps to take between now and then. But at least this is a big step. This is a big step of faith. And baptism is a, is a step of faith. And this morning, I'm inviting all heads about, all eyes are closed. I'm not mentioning any names. I'm not mentioning any directions. I will see your hand. God will see your heart. That's the most important thing right now. If you pray this prayer in a moment, I'm going to invite you to, to raise your hand. But just after I pray this prayer, to raise your hand and say, that I prayed that prayer with you this morning, Steve. And then I'm going to make a call for baptism. But I'm going to do one thing at a time. Repent. Here we go. Let's repent. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of forgiveness of sins because it has to be dealt with. Dear Jesus, say this prayer after me just in your hearts. Dear Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I am sorry. Would you please forgive me? I give you my past. I give you my failures. I give you my life. I want to live the life that you designed for me. And right now, I invite you in, into all my life, into all my heart. Would you change me? Would you transform me? Would you give me a hope? Would you give me a future? Would you take my eyes off of myself and put it onto others so I can be a part of the solution to this world's problems? Take me, take away the old and make me new in Jesus' name. And as all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed in a very public way between you and I just for this moment, if you prayed that prayer this morning, would you raise your hand to heaven and say, Steve, I prayed that prayer for the very thank you. Thank you, thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Right across this auditorium. Thank you. Christians pray. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see those hands. Nice and high so I can see your hand. You've prayed that prayer this morning. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe that's a first big step for you this morning and we're going to cheer you on. As a church, we're going to cheer you on. Those many hands went up this morning across where people said, I am going to go His way, no longer my way this morning. And that's worth celebrating. That's worth cheering. Because you know the next step is we find out, and yeah, you can cheer, you can cheer. Come on. Let's just keep this just for a moment as we have bow our heads and and just you know, allow people just to respond. As people responded in repentance this morning, turned from the old way of life. Maybe there's an area in your life you don't have a peace of God in. I wonder what that area is. Maybe it's your turn this morning to recommit your life to Him. To start over again. A fresh way, a fresh start, a fresh way forward for you once and for all. Maybe that's you here this morning.
But the big thing I've talked about here this morning as we learned from the early church is they, they, were, they repented, but then they were baptized. And so I'm inviting those people here this morning. If you have not been baptized, water baptism by full immersion, there's an opportunity, as I said, next Sunday or coming weeks to do that. If that's you here this morning and you know in your heart of hearts and God, the Holy Spirit, has been speaking to you maybe over weeks, months, hours, days, whatever that is. It's your opportunity to respond in a public way while no eyes are looking, all heads are bowed, all eyes are closed in a public way. I'll see your hand, God will see your heart. That's all that matters. This is not between you and I. This is not between you and the church. This is between you and the Father in heaven. If that's you here this morning, would you raise your hand? If you know that's your next step right now, if you raise your hand, that's your next step of obedience. It's in taking that step of faith. It's state of faith in the waters of baptism. If that's you here this morning, raise your hand to heaven so I can include you in this prayer. That step of faith. If that's you here this morning, baptism, water baptism. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Father, I thank you for the hands that have been raised just now. You've seen them. In fact, you've seen the heart behind the hand. And that's what really matters. People stepping in and up into their obedience and being a follower of you. Realize, Father, that many people here this morning are continuing to, to, to consider and to pray about what that means for them. But this is the next step and we celebrate once again as a church for your goodness and your faithfulness in people's lives as they take that step of faith. And because of that, you receive all the glory because this is all for you and it's all about you as people take that step of faith and make that statement that the old is gone. Therefore, I'm a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you and all God's people said, Amen. Can we stand to our feet and give thanks to the Lord?